Welcome back to the Multi-Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, back again with another episode. This episode is actually part two, part two of the um, previous episode titled Dreaming Too Small. And I finally, um, not I finally, I admit I'm afraid. So yeah, the last episode was called Dreaming Too Small and I admit I'm afraid. So, um, we, we left off that episode talking about, um, me admitting that I am afraid to succeed in this certain aspect of, uh, of my business life. Um, but before we continue going on, I think there's a few things I need to clear up. Um, uh, I don't think, um, <clears throat> I don't think I made it clear on the last episode um, why I was why I was you know dreaming too small, why my goal was a thousand dollars in sales a day, and how I needed to stretch that. Uh, well, actually, no, actually, I did go over why, um, but I left out one part. I think and. That, that part is um, that I've been consistently hitting my goal, you know, every day on average. Um, so like, I, like I've said probably before that I've been averaging, you know, $1,100 in sales, $1,000 in sales a day, somewhere between there. Um, I, I've, I've been hitting that. I've actually been hitting that every single day this year. Right. So I think what's, what is today? March uh, 27th. I've been hitting that every single day this year and, um, you know, give or take, you know, some days with 1300 in sales, some days like 800, you know, so on and so forth. But it's been consistently about 1100 in sales on average uh, daily. And and. Um, at the time that I made the goal. I was like, well, I don't really know how long this is going to last, you know, but I was pretty confident that it was going to continue. So therefore it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big goal, you know? Um, and now my, and, and what I, what I didn't also say was, um, uh, what, what my, you know, what my new goal is. So my new goal is uh, 2000 in sales every day. Um, I do want to staircase up to that, uh, just a, a, a two-step staircase um, way, a two-step staircase. Uh, first, I do want to um, consistently hit $1,500 a day. So I want to do that for a full month, average out $1,500 a day. Um, and let's see. So I want to do $1,500 a day for 30 days. So average that for 30 days. And then either the next month or within the next two months after that, consistently started hitting, start to hit 2000 in sales. Um, now, what I also didn't say is that I do $1,100 in sales. I, I keep, uh, I keep forgetting to clarify this. When I say this, when I say I'm doing an average of $1,100, dollars $1,000 or $1,100, $1,100 in sales every day. That is only on one platform. That's only on Etsy, right? So 
I'm always re referencing Etsy. I mean, that's, that's really the, the, the sales that I think of the most. Every time I've said that, I've, every time I've said what, what my sales are, you know, for these past couple of months or so, I've been referring to my sales on Etsy. So if I said, if I, if I've said in the past, oh, I do $1,100 in sales, I'm specifically speaking about Etsy. Now I do sell, I do sell on eBay and I also sell on Poshmark. Um, and, um, I don't have those, uh, I'm not fully optimized the way I want to be on either of those two on eBay or, uh, eBay or Poshmark. Poshmark is a great platform. Poshmark is the platform that, um, was the second platform that I started working on, um, outside of Amazon. And that was, you know, what, three years ago almost. Um, yeah, I think what I started selling like on Poshmark about three years ago. I think it was 2019, I think. And um, I did, at first, I thought my Poshmark was going to be my my now Etsy, you know. So I thought Poshmark was going to be to me what Etsy is to, is to me today. But it's still a great platform. I still do sales on there. Uh, I haven't been... Um, I've been, I've been cleaning up my recording process, my accounting process of my sales on Poshmark. I, so I don't really have the numbers, um, but I've been kind of averaging about $500 in profit every single month on Poshmark average, you know, you know, and, and that's just me guesstimating. I don't really know exactly, but sometimes I do about 900 and then sometimes I do about $500 in profit. I, I ca I've been calculating profit and not my actual sales on Poshmark. But like I said, I'm, I'm, cl I'm cleaning up my process to kind of like start looking at my sales on Poshmark. Um, it's, the, that information is not readily available to me right now. So, but, um, but eBay, and, oh, and another thing is Poshmark, I don't have... Um, I don't have all of my listings. I don't have everything that I sell on Etsy on Poshmark. I have a fraction of my Etsy sale, um, my products that I have on Etsy on Poshmark. And, su and surprisingly, Poshmark is just a, a great platform for me. Now, um, and the same thing for eBay. I'm not fully optimized on eBay. I don't have a ton. I don't have a lot. I have a fraction of my total listings on eBay. Um, I, I just... Um, have not, you know, put in the time um, to do that. You know, I've been focusing on other areas. I kind of been slowly getting optimized the way I want to be on Poshmark and Etsy. I've been moving a lot faster recently, but um, over the past maybe year, I've been slow to, um, you know, onboard, onboard my products onto those platforms. Uh, because I was so focused on Etsy and, and some other things. So, so in reality, I'm doing way more than $1,100 in sales on average, because I'm only referencing the to, uh, to Etsy. So I don't have the numbers readily available, but I think it, it could be anywhere from, you know, $1,400, uh, anywhere between $1,200 and, and $1,300, excuse me, anywhere between $1,200, Twelve hundred and thirteen hundred in total sales across the three platforms. Um, 
and that's not you know and, and i'm not even referencing my amazon my amazon sales so i don't really count that um because i don't make sales on there daily i usually do that q4 and a little bit here and there during the year so um, that's not even calculated when i'm referring to these numbers but i'm gonna get better at um clarifying each time that i do bring up my numbers you know i'm I'm going to get better at clarifying on where those numbers are coming from. So anyways, I just wanted to uh, clear the air on that one. Let me go ahead and open up this Cherry Coke Zero real quick. All right. So let's 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 get into part two of the podcast. All right. So. <clears throat> So the reason why I want to create a part two to the last podcast is because, you know, I went on these, I went on like a tangent kind of, um, I didn't really talk about any solutions. I was just kind of like airing out my grievances about the situation and I I didn't really talk about solutions. So, um, this episode, I'm going to kind of get into how I'm solving the problem of overcoming the fear, right? So the fear, let's, 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 um, let's, uh, you know, reiterate what that fear was. It's just basically the fear of leading a team, right? The fear of leading a team, right? So I'm going to need a team. And at some point for the most part, for the most part, the most part everybody's going to need a team sure it's great you could probably do things by yourself for x amount of time as an entrepreneur even today i don't i don't do everything by myself i'm actually um and i'm, I'm going to create another podcast about this but i have um i'm going to be giving my virtual assistant quite a few more tasks you know to um you know, remove a lot of the, some of the tasks, the monotonous stuff that I do and, and send it over to her. And I've been, um, creating a, um, creating a few SOPs, standard operating procedures, um, listing out the steps to complete those tasks. Now, now these tasks, they are a bit, um, they're long, (laughs) you know, like if, if you, you know, these are going to be like, you know, these are things that, that, that take a while to, that may not, not take a long time, but take a second to learn because there's a lot of steps. Right. Um, so I've been, I've been creating SOPs and getting in and kind of getting my, my flow on how I, um, create them. Now I always had a style in creating instructions for my VA in the past or, um, yeah, my VA in the past, but this time it's just a little more formal and the the uh the tasks are more repetitive than they were in the past like in the past i used to like tell her to do things that 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 weren't really repetitive so i would have to create a um a a step-by-step so she understands how my style is i i really i really leave nothing or i try to leave nothing to for confusion so i spell i spell out every single thing so there's no confusion on what to do in that step I, you know, um, I copy and paste photo. Um, I do screenshots and 
you know, I try to be as clear as possible where there's no confusion. So that way, when I give it to her, she has zero questions, zero questions about what to do. So she understands my style, which is very drawn out. You know, it may seem, you know, it may seem like, um, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it may seem very, um, uh, simplified, you know, uh, maybe that's that, maybe that's the word, but it, it's really just me speaking, trying to speak like a, uh, like a, like a third grader, you know, try, if I could try to, trying to explain, trying to write it in a way a third grader would understand it. Right. Cause if that, if I can, if I can get a third grader to understand what I'm writing, that means anybody can understand what I'm, what I'm writing in the SOPs. So, but yeah, so I'm creating, I'm, I'm getting into the minds, the mindset. Right. So, so that's one of the, one of the solutions that that's helping me is already getting in, getting myself, um, in the mindset, right. Of leadership, right. Just, just taking a, it's a baby step. I mean, an SOP also known as, as a standard operating procedure, creating one is, is very freeing because you create this document that tells you or that tells the reader step-by-step on how to do something. And now, now that you create it, it's very, you know, unless things really change, you're not likely to create another one. And you can tell anybody to do the task. You don't have to do it. So now you don't have to, you don't have the excuse of, Oh, well, you know, I can do it in a couple of minutes or, I'm just going to do it myself. Like, nope, I got the SOP. Let me go on Fiverr. Let me go on whatever uh, these sites are and find a virtual assistant and give them that. Pay them, get the job done, move on, live your life, you know? And then once you find somebody who you like, a virtual assistant, employee or whatever, I mean, you don't have to find them over and over, you know? Sometimes, you know, you have to replace people, obviously, but... But, you know, once you find a person, you have to keep finding somebody, right? So it's, it, it becomes even easier and you buy back more of your time that way. So creating an SOP is something I've been dragging my feet on, creating SOPs, dragging my feet on it for a very long time, for, for way longer than I should have. Like there's, there's things that I'm just like... <clears throat> Like, damn, you know, it's going to take me a long time to write the SOP because for me, it, 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 it's been taking me a while to write, write my SOPs, partly because just procrastination. Let's just keep it a hundred. Okay. The other part is I do need, um, I try to do it when I'm uninterrupted, right? So I can't, I can't do it. I can't really do it during the daytime right now. You know, the way my life is right now, I can't really do it in the daytime. I have to do it when everybody is asleep. You know, I just, I, I work from home, um, um, as of now, I, I, I work, I work at the house. So, um, sure I can shut my door and all this kind of stuff, but I don't, I don't generally do that. That's never really worked out for me. So I do it when everybody's asleep and, um, and, and, and I can't really focus on it all at one time. I had to focus on it over like a week's it, it, one particular SOP took me about a week to write 
because I'm doing a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I know that in advance it's going to take me a while. So I just kind of been procrastinating. But I finally got, uh, I finally have two of them done. Okay. I have one more that I need, that I need to do. Is it one more? Yeah, one more that I need to do to um, to really, you know, to really uh, 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 to scale, right? Like, like I'm 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 literally going to be able to have a lot more time to scale certain aspects of my business after I create this last after I create this last SOP, and I'm gonna give it to my virtual assistant. But the the two that I have, well, I have three currently, but um, one was already created a while back. But the other two, all three of them are related to um, accounting. So when I say I don't have these numbers available to you right now, I don't. I don't do my account. I don't do my own accounting. I don't. And um, it, 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 it took me a while to... Um, find a um, find a system that that I'm going to work with right so before you know it was all spreadsheets you know what I'm saying and I'll have my virtual assistant you know go through these spreadsheets and all this kind of stuff the way I was doing with uh, eBay and Poshmark in the past was just do spreadsheets and all this kind of stuff now like I have a quick I have QuickBooks now I still need the spreadsheets, but now I have a, a I have a consistent way of how I need my numbers because before it was kind of sporadic. I didn't know if I was going to need um I didn't know if the task if the task was going to be repetitive, right? I I did I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure of that, but now that I've been in business for as long as I have been, the same things have been happening, you know? And now I know that these things are going to continue to happen. So I need the, uh, I need, I need things done a certain way, you know, because it's, it's a staple in my business, right? It's going to happen over and over and over. But anyways, so, um, like I don't, I don't, <clears throat> I don't do my, I don't do my Poshmark accounting. Um, I don't do none of my accounting myself. Okay. So, um, I basically outsource or I've outsourced all of that. Okay. So I have my Etsy accounting system that's already out there. My eBay is is she's been with the, my virtual assistant virtual assistant has been with me for a while. So we went, we've been going over eBay a little bit over the previous years, but now um there's a certain way that I want it the information so i had to create a sop you know uh with a step-by-step -step on what i need right so so the the ebay one i created and i'm gonna give that to her to her later on today um and poshmark my the way that i want my poshmark accounting is different from previous and last year i didn't really sell much on poshmark um, was it was it last year or maybe the year before that? I wasn't really doing much, so it, it was very easy to do the um, the accounting. But now it's a little bit different, right? You know, they 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 have new laws on you know uh, on the on who gets a K one 
at the end of the year from Poshmark and all these other um, um, online retail sites. You know, if you do $600, $600 in sales, you get a K1 at the end of the year. But but now that all that stuff is in process, I got to get a little bit more tight on my accounting. So, um, and not only that, I'm selling more. I'm getting back on the platform. So I'm doing a lot more sales and a lot more activity there. So I'm going to need my accounting more promptly, right? So I got that created, which I haven't given to my assistant yet. Um, and then the next one is, uh, is related to listings, related to creating listings. Now, some of my products I have to, um, like, well, not, no, actually there's, there's two separate things here. There's, there's two separate SOPs that I need to create under the category of listings. But anyways, I'll get into that another time. I'm spending too much time talking about this, but my point is I am getting back into the mindset or getting into the mindset of leadership first with establishing a foundation of how of how I want shit done right because as a leader obviously if you cannot communicate what needs to be done or what the vision is um you you yeah so you might as well um you might as well quit quit right there you have to be able to have a vision and have things for people to do <laughs> things for people to do so you can lead them right so yeah that's 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 i'm I'm really getting um serious about creating a operations manual with the standard operating procedures shout out to uh the book um the book that i've been reading where i i, I got a little bit more serious about this called work that system uh, I don't have the author's name, but work that system. That person talks about creating operating operating procedures, right? Like that is the business. The business is the operating procedures, and he go. I mean, you would think you can't make a book on this, right? But the, but do made a book on this, and it's 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 very interesting. You know, when you want to go down that path, if you if you don't really care about that right now, you're not gonna really you know find it interesting. But if you're ready or you're ready to learn more about that, I, I, I suggest that book. Um, it's very, very interesting. But that's one thing. That's one solution to the fear is getting prepared, right? Another aspect of, um, another aspect of solutions um, to overcome the, the fear of leadership that I'm experiencing is, uh, is, is related to this book that I've been reading on Audible or listening to on Audible. And I, talk, I talked about getting Audible, um, I don't know, maybe last year or so. But uh, I really resisted Audible for a long time because I'm, I'm, I'm a book guy. I like books. I do like physical books. I do have some Kindle books, but I really like physical books. But now, because the way my life is right now, I cannot sit down and read a book. You know, it, it, it's, it's it's one thing that I, I really like doing. Now, I've always enjoyed doing just sitting down, reading a nice book, peace and quiet. That's something I like to do. I, I like to read, you know. So if, you, if anybody asks me, man, what do you want to do? No, I don't want to go to the beach. I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to go to 
Miami. I don't want to do none of that shit. I want to chill out with a good book and read. That's what I would like to do. Um, but uh, the way I, I I do books now is a little bit is a little bit different. Thanks to Audible. Thanks for you know to actually getting Audible and and I just do it differently. I do get Audible books. And then if I really like the book, if I want to really study the book, I get the physical copy as well. Cause I like the write in my books, you know? So if I'm really like, really, really into the book, I'll get a physical copy. But this book, I'm not into as much. I don't, I don't need the whole book because I'm not the target audience for the book. It's a book called Entrepreneurial Leap. Okay. Book called Entrepreneurial Leap. I don't know the name of the author right now. Couldn't tell you. But this book is very interesting to me, and um, I am a subscriber to uh, uh, Lewis's Lewis Howe's um, School School of Greatness podcast. Right. So the School of Greatness podcast. Right on YouTube. I'm on, I, I watch it on YouTube whenever I do watch it. And the guy, the author, was on with Lewis Howe's. He was talking about his book. <clears throat> entrepreneurial leap and in his book according to him he did the research where he studied these entrepreneurs and and he's writing he's writing to the book to discourage people from becoming entrepreneurs he's like okay well based on my studies my research if you don't have these six if you don't have these six attributes you're you're very 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 likely you're gonna fail so these six attributes are you know you know based on his research studying entrepreneurs and all this kind of stuff, right? I found it interesting. I only find it interesting because Lewis, uh, not Lewis, Lewis, excuse me, Lewis Howes in that podcast said, hey, you know, I, I read the book and, and it helped me understand a few things about me. Now, Lewis Howes is not the target audience for that book, but there were certain aspects of the book that, that, that helped him understand himself um, in terms of him being an entrepreneur. Now, I'm, I'm very, I was very intrigued because I was like, hmm, I already know, like, this is what, this is my life. Like, I already knew entrepreneurship. I already knew I was going to grow up and be an entrepreneur already, you know, um, back when I was probably maybe 12 or 13. I think maybe younger than that, honestly. I, want, I wanted to be an entrepreneur before I knew what an entrepreneur was. People ask me, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I said, "Entrepreneur." I had no idea what I had no idea what entrepreneur was. I don't even know why the hell I said that, to be honest. Um, and then you know, I had venture, I had ventures later on, so on and so forth, right? So, <clears throat> it's it's no doubt in inside of me that, and, and this is before like, you know, I you know, like I I'll be, like I'll be thirty three this year. Um. I, probably said that a few times past cup past podcast but i'll be 33 this year so it was before i was on the internet before facebook and, and instagram i already knew i was gonna be an entrepreneur so I, I already knew i was not part of the entrepreneur culture of you know wanting to put entrepreneur in your title and and feeling cool about that right so i, I already knew i didn't i didn't have to um i didn't i didn't have to you know check myself to really see if I'm an entrepreneur because I was influenced by that culture of being an entrepreneur. No, I was already, I already knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. And, um, there was no if, ands or buts about it. 
But with this book, this book goes over these six attributes, right? That every entrepreneur has. And if you don't have them, you are very, 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 very likely to succeed. If you don't have all six of them, not if you don't have some of them. Now, there's actually, <clears throat> there's one that I, that I question. I was like, hmm, I don't, do I, do I have this? Do I not have this? Okay. Um, and, 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 um, and it was, okay, so I'm not gonna give the whole book away, you know, go get the book, you know, I'm not gonna give out all the information, you get the support, support the authors, you know, so, um, so one of the, one of the, the things that you should have, one of the six attributes you should have is vision, okay, now, I read this book probably maybe, I don't know, three, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, or I listened to it on Audible. Now, prior to that, you guys had been taught, uh, hearing me talk about the book Vivid Visions, right? Because I, I feel like, uh, uh, not that I feel like, I know um, I've been lacking in that department. I've been lacking in that department. Like, n not having a, a vision, or do I? I don't really know. I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it too much. And the reason why I question it is because um, I I I am I am uh, I am on this. I, I might be a little biased, right? I mean, of course, I yeah, I am an entrepreneur, right? I got all six of these attributes. I want to be that, you know. I always knew I wanted to be that since I was a kid, you know. So I got so I got this, you know, this this chip in my shoulder, right? So I'm trying to like convince myself that I have all these attributes but this one here right I mean I don't have to convince myself I have all of them but this one here I'm trying to play the devil's advocate with myself um now I've I've tried a lot of things okay I try a lot of things since since I was 16 I've tried you know, business idea after business idea after business idea after business idea didn't make any money 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 and like there was no clear vision you know when i was doing that i was just trying different shit right so does that mean i don't have vision you know i mean the vision was a vague one it's just like yo i'm i'm gonna be rich and wealthy you know, that's that's what I'm going towards, you know, uh, rich and wealthy. Right. And 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 freeing myself from the the nine to five. In the traditional sense. You know, so that was the vision, I guess. Right. But am I trying different things out? <clears throat> And even up until maybe a couple of years ago, I mean, I've been trying from 16 all the way up to what, two, three years ago. That's what I've been doing. Just trying different things and trying to find my thing, you know. And now I found a thing. I found a thing that's working for me. And I and and, um, <clears throat> you know, now that I'm talking about I'm, I'm actually doing a therapy session with you guys right now, I'm. I'm thinking this thinking this out as I'm talking to you I just realized this see when 
you know, you know, if anybody's, you know, for anybody listening that's been listening for a very, very long time, you know that my podcast was not always called multi-channel reseller. That's something new within the past couple of months or within the past month or so. Now, 2019 is when I noticed that there's something here to selling on multiple channels simultaneously. Okay. I had no proof. There was no, there's no content on it. You know, not, not in the way that I was looking, uh, not, not, not describing the multi-channel, uh, reseller, reseller strategy that I'm deploying. Right. So when I looked it up, I looked up, you know, I, I, I found information on how very large businesses, right. Very large businesses were, um, setting up their, their businesses, very large e-commerce companies, how to set up, uh, software and, 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 um, software to manage inventory for selling on multiple channels, you know, very, very large e-commerce businesses, you know, but there was no little guy stuff, you know, how does a little guy do this or what is like, but, but I knew there was something here to that. I, I had no proof, had nothing. I was like, you know, there's something here to this. I need to get off Amazon because Amazon is on some bullshit and there's something to what I'm doing here, right? Selling on multiple channels. Okay. And it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't like super profitable right off the bat. I wasn't making a ton of money. I was spending a lot of time trying to figure out how I was going to do this. Basically, how I'm going to do what I'm doing now. With no proof. Okay. Did I not have a vision? Mm, I don't know if that's vision. But I think that was faith. It was faith, you know. But vision? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. Was it a vision? Okay. Now, what does all this have to do with leadership, you know? Probably not much what I just said, you know, has anything to do with leadership. But, um, but, 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 but in, in regards to the book, um, the author actually made me feel, um, feel more confident in myself because of he, because of, because of an experience that he shared in, in, in the book, Entrepreneurial Leap. Nothing to do with about the vision. I just was just talking about something that, came across my mind but um neither here nor there but the author of the book he he talked about his experience on um and and i, and I forget what he would I, I i forget why he was talking about this but he was talking about his his sweet spot you know he he the author is an entrepreneur right built companies and all this kind of stuff built companies sold companies so on and so forth so he's not just some author okay so he said his sweet spot i think was um i don't know what, what do you say I, I forget i have to go through the book book again but the details don't really matter as much but he said he, his company you know once his company is getting larger than 
uh, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 50, 20 to 50 employees or something like that, or between uh, five and $10 million, maybe $5 million. So if he's doing like 10, uh, maybe 10 million, if he's doing more than 10 million in sales and he has like, you know, more than 50 employees, that's the most he can do. If it gets any bigger than that, he becomes unhappy, right? That's his sweet spot where he sells the company. He, he does not want to lead a, he, if he has to try to lead a thousand dollar, a thousand person company and all this, you know, 20 million in sales, that is not where he's at. I thought about that. I said, hmm. I said, hmm. Okay. What is my sweet spot? <laughs> you know, where, where, where am I at with that? How many employees would, how many employees would I need to feel like, okay, I'm good. You know, I don't need to expand more than this, or I don't want to, how many, how much in sales is my cap where I'm like, okay, if I go beyond this, I'm going to have to sell the company or, or, you know, find ways to become efficient with my inputs and outputs right so that that made me feel better because it's like okay because i think it was vague in my mind or it is vague in my mind on how big my team needs to be right so i already know off rip i already know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to build a, a thousand person business. That's not even a question. You know what I'm saying? So let's scale back a little more. You know what I'm saying? A hundred people. Now, a hundred people is actually interesting to me. For some reason, that number 100, a hundred employees. I like it. It's a huge stretch of, for me and my imagination. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I would want a hundred person company. What what would that entail? I would I would really have to dive in to see what my life looks like. Because if my life is chaotic, then I don't want to fuck with it. But if there's a way to balance that, hmm, like how many? You know, at that point, can I hire a CEO, or would I have to be the CEO? Right. You know, how many, how much is, how much in sales am I, am I doing with a hundred person company? I'm just curious. I don't think that I want to go out that far, but I would like to learn more about what that looks like. So I can either scale back on what my sweet spot is or scale up. Very interested in that. 50 people. 50 people sounds for some reason, 50 people sounds more than 100 people <laughs> to me. I don't know why. That, that, that's that's uh, very interesting. But um, maybe 20 people. 20 people, is that my sweet spot? You know? But <clears throat> I think when I read that in the book, I was like, hmm, that's interesting this guy says this. Because for me... I, um, 
you know, you for me, you just take on any challenge, right? You know, that's that's how my mindset was. You know, whatever challenge, whatever the challenge is, take take it on, right? If you're building a thousand person company, take on the challenge. If you're building a two thousand dollar, two thousand uh, two thousand people company, not dollar, but a thousand people company, two thousand people company, take on that challenge. But this book made me finally realize, like, no, don't take on whatever challenge that 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 presents itself. Don't take on whatever challenge. No. Put limits on that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but that that's that's new to me. That's 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 a new concept for me. It's, it's like right, you know, you're in entrepreneur, you're in entrepreneurship, so you don't have limits. But you actually need to put limits on everything. You need to put limits on your time, put limits on what you're what you want to handle, put limits on who you want to deal with, put limits on how much you're your uh how much work you're putting in put limits on everything everything needs a limit on it you know if you want to live a sane life if you don't want to live a, a sane life you're just out here doing whatever whenever however blowing with the wind and that's very that's now that's very um it's very common, you know, if you're trying to figure out, you know, if you're trying different businesses like I was, just trying different things all the time and doing all these different things to try to find, to try to find your thing, it's going to be very chaotic. And my life was very chaotic, extremely chaotic, especially when you start adding in the mix, uh, spouse and, and, and new babies all through the process. It's very complicated, very difficult, but, um, but it got me thinking. It it made me it made me more um, accepting, you know, and more ex accepting to the idea that okay, I mean, it, maybe I, I maybe I'm being afraid of something that doesn't exist, you know. I haven't pinpoint what I'm actually afraid of, like like what literally I'm actually afraid of. I haven't pinpointed it, you know. And in this, this, what he said in that book is helping me like, oh, okay, I need to really write this down. I need to get clear on what it is that, what it is I'm, 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 I'm actually being afraid of. Okay. And determining from there, if it's something to be afraid of or not, I haven't done that yet. So that's why before reading this book, it really tripped, it really tripped, it tripped me up, you know, because I haven't really identified granularly what the fear is. Okay. So here's one thing we do know though, or I know one thing I know for sure is I need a team. That's one thing I know for sure. hundred percent. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no variable to that. Okay? The second thing that I need to find out, which is the variable, is how many people do I want under me? And what that looks like. Now, there's some other steps, too, because, you know, we are, you know, dealing with, we're in a product-based business. Now, this is a, it's physical. This is not, you know, you know, this physical stuff. So things in the real world are happening, right? So eventually, eventually, 
um, and I, ha I haven't worked out all of this this yet, right? Eventually, I if I continue down this road, I am going to need a warehouse because that's what I feel comfortable with, you know. Like, of course, if you if you go online and and uh, and you hear a lot of people online, they're going to tell you, oh, use a three PL, you know, or use Amazon fulfillment. Or use a basically a fulfillment service, right? Um, um, or if you're an Amazon seller, you might have heard of you know using a, a prepping service, right? Ah man, that that those I get it, I get it, right? You don't yeah yeah you know you don't want to touch the product, you don't want to see the product, you know hire hire everything out, outsource outsource outsource. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. And that used to be my mindset to to a certain degree. I never fully adopted that, but that was my mindset to a certain degree. But see, I've been talking about control for quite a bit. For a couple of years now. It's about control and ownership. You know, that's what got me off of Amazon. Is is going is is going down the path of getting more control and getting more ownership. Okay. So You can, right? You can do this business without having the products, uh, without having a warehouse, storage, whatever, right? You can do that. All you, all, the, the only thing is, the only thing is, you you need to be able to assess and accept the risks, and make sure those risks are calculated in your profits. Okay, see, see what 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 trips a lot of, what trips a lot of people up, or some people some people rather, who are thinking on the lines that I'm thinking, like, I want more control. I would like a warehouse. I would like a warehouse where I can you know when my products are being sent to me, I can have I can have someone supervise over them, right? So, so um, people who think along those lines may think that 3PLs, prep centers, and Amazon warehouse um, is all risk. And I, I, I am 95% agree with that. You know, but there's a 5% of me that, that realizes that, okay, if the margins are there, Whatever goes wrong is already calculated into my margins. So I'll be able to pay for the things that go wrong. Ah, you know, it's very situational. Every, everybody's situation is going to be a little different. But at some point, I am going to, but, but, but I am going to max out. Um, I'm going to max out my ability to do my business without a warehouse space like warehousing space has to be like i have no other option and it has to be true too it can't just be like oh i want a warehouse and i'm trying to find reasons to get a warehouse no i'm going to um i'm going to hold out for as long as possible right for as long as possible it may not be until years from now because I'm going to max out, <laughs> you know, 
because um, that is a very big, big, big undertaking, right? You know, having word of the house space, it means you're, you're, you're basically, you're no longer um, mobile in a sense, right? Unless you know you're going to live where you live. Me, right now, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to live where I'm li living. I may move somewhere else, you know, um, which is on my mind these days. I can do my business from anywhere in the country. I can move anywhere, right? I can literally get up, pack my shit, and move anywhere and not miss a beat, you know? Um, but when you have a warehouse, you have to consider that, you know? Like, do you have the money to hire someone to run your business while you're not local, you know? It's a whole different thing. Um, so what is, what is next outside of that? Right. And, and, and that's where I am still learning. Right. So, so what does that look like? Because you, it's a catch 22 in a sense that sure, you know, if I don't have a warehouse, I'm going to be maximizing all the other, other opportunities. I'm going to maximize my current space, which is my garage, you know, maximize my current space, which is not maximized yet. You know, it's, it's, it's getting there. But it's not, it's not there. I have many, many, many room, much, much room to do. I can do, I can do a million dollars in sales from my garage. You know, the only problem is, is I am the one working the business in that aspect for fulfilling orders. Now with my private label business, right? Once I get that fully off the ground, um, I am going to, um, I am going to, I'm going to use the Amazon warehouse. Okay, I'm going to use FBA. Now from FBA, I can fulfill orders on any platform, right? I can fulfill orders from my Amazon warehouse to Etsy, to, um, Posh, um, um, is it Poshmark? Yeah, you can do Poshmark. Yeah, Poshmark and, and, and eBay and wherever else. And, all, and also sell on Amazon, right? I can fulfill orders with, with clicks. So I would have to hire somebody to click, you know, to fulfill, to fulfill, to fulfill orders with clicking. That's, that's, I'm going to maximize that, right? But, you know, I need the volume. The volume needs to be there. I'm not going to send some products to Amazon if my products aren't really selling yet, you know, it may take a little time for my products to sell because, you know, just being in the um, new products and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's a whole cycle to this thing, right. From creating a product to selling a whole bunch of the product. Right. So that's one aspect, right. I can have that going, but I'm going to, I'm only going to have that going under the event of having private label, having my own brand and selling my own brand enough um there has, there has to be a lot of volume it doesn't have to be volume in sales on amazon it could be volume on sales on, on etsy for example or ebay for example if i have a lot of volume i'm going to send it to the amazon warehouse and fulfill the orders from amazon warehouse to wherever but the volume has to be there okay um i'm going to be fulfilling my own orders for quite some time quite some time. So I have to be become very efficient with that. Now, here's the thing. 
my I said before my cap is 60 60 orders that that's probably my cap in terms of my time um once I get to six, 60 orders I think it's gonna be very difficult for me um to work harder than that okay and on average you know it, it takes about an hour to do about maybe not not all the time though not not all the time it depends there's a few variables that I, I don't want to get into too much I don't want to get too much into the, the details but it takes about an hour to do about 20 between 20 and 25 orders to fulfill okay to fulfill 25 orders for me could take about an hour sometimes over sometimes under so anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour and a half honestly you know because you know i may have to switch between different platforms and and uh it's it's quicker and faster like say if i have 25 orders and then 10 of them are the same product that's easier than having you know 25 separate orders for separate products you know it's 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 easier so there's less movement and all this kind of stuff right so it all depends on what the sales are that day and sometimes my computer be crashing and shit like i gotta get a new computer actually so it'd be taking time sometimes but um um but yeah once i hit three hours and during q4 i'm easily hitting three hours easy sometimes four on fulfilling orders easy you know but i'm doing like 60 literally i'm doing like 60 orders you know what i'm saying a day just on etsy you know what i'm saying so um so sometimes it can be like 80 80 90 orders you know what i'm saying if, it, if it's uh also amazon uh and ebay and poshmark in, in a given day but anyways um so I'm going to have to become very, I'm, I'm already efficient, but I need to become even more efficient. There's some areas where I need to become more efficient in terms of fulfilling my orders. There's some things on Etsy, Etsy I can do that'll help me fulfill faster, get a faster computer, you know, I got to get rid of this thing and get a faster one with more memory and all that kind of stuff. That will, that will speed up my process very quickly, right? So that's going to help me increase my capacity and do things faster in, you know, in a shorter amount of time. So that way fulfilling my orders doesn't take too much of my time and it's also not stressing me out and if it's not stressing me out and taking too much time i can do it you know what i'm saying like i you know i'm just gonna have to do it i'm not gonna have anybody i'm not gonna hire anybody to come to my house and fulfill my orders nah i'm cool on that right so um but in the other areas of my business right in the other areas of my business whether it's creating listings the accounting, I need to outsource all of that shit, all of it, right? And only do the things that I can do and lead a team of virtual assistants who, to do everything else. That's what I need to do. That's going to give me the training wheels to build my team and, and, and lead a team. Now, even though they're virtual assistants, they're not employees, that's going to help uh, still with the training wheels. I really need to get focused on that. That's my focus. My focus is to only do the things that I can do, literally. And it's going to take me a while. And as my business grows, see, when my business grows, the consistency of the tasks increase. And when that happens, now, you know, it makes it, 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 makes it even 
more effective to transfer the tasks to someone else. So my listings, my accounting, my even my photography, like I got, I got my photography, my product photography. Like there's products that I have to take pictures of sometimes, um, especially when I'm bringing new products to the market. I'm going to have all of that, you know, uh, in an SOP and given to someone else, maybe to a local photographer in the area, you know, maybe that goes to college or something like that to do my product photography, uh, product photography. So I'm literally focused on fulfilling the orders, which I'm gonna get faster and better at, um, placing purchase orders, right. From my wholesalers and, um, finding new product, not finding new products, but, um, seeing what new products I want to bring to market, um, on my main business and also in my private label business, right? So dealing with private label and dealing with China and going back and forth with them and having the time to do all of that, I only could do that. So I expect my business to grow my, to grow exponentially once I start outsourcing all these, these tasks and things that I do and only focus on the things that only I can do. And that's going to allow me to get the training wheels to start building out a team. Right. Because I can't get a warehouse. I can't I, I can't hire people if I'm not making money and I'm going to make a ton of money. This 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 business is very um, money efficient. You can make a ton of money with very few outputs. Doesn't mean it's easy to do, but you can do it. And by the time I, I get to a point where it's like, OK, now I'm going to start creating SOPs for the things that only I could have done, but I do them so consistently, I can outsource it to some type of manager or something like that, you know? But, but that, that's, I think, that, I think that's a little further out, but mainly is um, creating SOPs and, and leading a team of virtual assistants to handle all the, the, the things that, that are just not uh, repetitive and I shouldn't be doing. Those are the training wheels. So my my sweet spot probably, and I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't really have, uh, um, I, I think maybe if I get into it more, I'll start learning what my, what, what my, what, what, what I want my limitations to be in terms of how many employees I want to have because the, the sales volume is, 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 is not really a, th a thing for me right now because I can do 10 million in sales probably and have like 10 people, you know, uh, 10 full-time employees or five full-time employees, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe even less, you know, because of the type of business we're in, you know, product-based, product-based businesses. Um, you know, so, but, but my whole point is, is I, I no longer, you know, I felt that, that fear, right? Of like, man, it's, it's the, really the fear of the unknown, right? But it's not really, you know, if you, if you listen to what I just said, it's not really that problematic, problematic, you know, like I just basically explained how I can not have a team of full-time employees. I can literally do millions in sales doing what I just said without, for, without full-time employees. So, um, so yeah, that's that, you know, um, yeah, I hope that was, um, Hope that hope, I hope that explains, you know, what I'm thinking about. I hope I made sense. <laughs> Let me know if I didn't.
but thank you guys for tuning in and i hope this i hope this was a valuable one for you peace